Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Calgary Bros Football Podcast. We've got Victor Speck on the other side, and this is Uncle CB. What's up? What's up? Uh, not much. Um, so we've got some big news to cover today, man. Conor McGregor got knocked out this weekend. <laughs> Tom Brady is back. Man. That's some, that some whacked ass shit, bro. Fucking Rogers, uh, he's fucking, he folded again. He folded and Lampard is out. Oh. <laughs> so tell me, man, how you feeling, bro? I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of like, we, we just, we saw it coming, right? We saw it coming. It was, it was something that was in, inevitable, especially after that Leicester loss. Um, they said that they were going to give him three games to come back, but or to show them something, but they made up their mind pretty much in that Leicester game, right? Um, what's interesting is the fact that, uh, all these stories have just come out now and like <laughs> it wasn't all rosy man <laughs> it wasn't all rosy in chelsea so um there was like um i've been apparently there was a breakdown since for a while now actually with him and marina granovsky sky right yeah she first off the the thing Pretty much was like it started off when uh, when Lampard first uh, came in and he wanted his own backroom staff and but they didn't give that to him right they instead gave him um, what do you call it uh, staff that he particularly didn't feel like he needed right um, as well as uh, as like they didn't give him the ones that he wanted right then um, come. After Lampard overachieved in that first season and we went to top four with a depleted squad and pretty much like with the transfer ban as well, um, apparently there was there, there was issues because Lampard wanted Declan Rice in the in the winter, right? As soon as the transfer ban was pretty much done, right? Um, he wanted he wanted Declan Rice to come into the club because he felt like he needed. Um, Declan, right? Um, Kante was always injured, and that was pretty much what like sparked his uh obsession for Declan, right? Yeah. Now, um, coming into the the second season, um, there was already issues happening. Now, which is this is the this is the most fucked up shit, and it was just freaking weird. Um, Lampard's only Lampard only wanted two players. <laughs> So um, he wanted he wanted two players in in uh, Ben Chilwell and um, Declan Rice, right? He okay. only got one. Um, the the Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, and all of that that was pretty much like that was pretty much the club signing, right? The club's targets, right? And okay. um, pretty much. Uh, so now once once all that once all that happened. It would have made more sense if, if if you were to say that yeah he got like one player um, or two players and then gelling them wouldn't be such an such a difficult thing to do, um, but because now they spent X amount of dollars on all these all these players now they expect uh, Lampard to coach them and even though they weren't his targets 
they were like pretty much like you could do something with these players and uh, um, pretty much integrate them. But he he's pretty much given no time to do such a thing, right? Um, then, but, like, but my own thing with this is Lampard got these players, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. he was he was starting them and he was playing them at least in the early stages of the season, Werner was like almost undroppable when everybody was saying, maybe we should drop Werner here and there. So he kept playing Werner. You would think that a manager who didn't want these players will at least slowly integrate them into the team Mm -hmm. and not really disrupt what he has set up um, for coming from last season when they came forth. Right. Yeah. So, He why would why would he be playing all these players so much? What was what was his reason for doing that? Even though those are not the players he wanted, why would he use them as much as he's used them so far this season? That's 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 another weird thing. Um, but the thing pretty much is is pretty much like uh, Chelsea is not like I got to know a lot today, like just by reading and like and actually like going into like into depths about like this the the, the club. Right, yeah. uh, Chelsea is a political club, bro. Um, which club? The, is it, which which club? You, but but in, but in Chelsea, it seems to be even more um, of a thing. You know what I mean? But like yeah. they they well, they expect their managers to go on and do their jobs and not speak about it in the press, pretty much, right? Well, um, which club wouldn't want that though? They just gave the guy two hundred million dollars, uh, two hundred million pounds to spend net the heaviest yeah. spending that they've ever spent, right? Um, they have helped a new coach um, or a, um, an inexperienced coach with enough signings to push the status quo for him, right? So mm-hmm. why why are we, um, how, would I, how would I put it, put this, like, why? Why is that a, a a bad thing if they don't if they're asking their coach to just hey shush, focus on your team because we've helped you get all the players you want to that you may not have wanted but at least that you can get in the interim, um and then when it's time then we'll go for the other player that you really wanted, right? Mm-hmm. No, but no no manager ever gets their 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 full on signings if they want it. No manager ever gets that. Um, yeah. It's always a combination of, um, you know, it's a combination of uh, your players. And then if they can't get them, they get like a comparable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they they showered him with players, bro. Like still to today, I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to still take Werner on my team because that's just how good of a player he is. So oh, yeah. they, showered, they showered Lampard with multi multitude of players. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, who's to blame here? Mm. I mean, like, the, you know, when you when you spend money and you buy these players, you you want them to be played, right? Um, that there's also the, that also ties into as well part of the decision. I was just listening to Gab and Jules, and and uh, Gab was pretty much like. We don't even know if he got fired or if it was if if it was a mutual agreement because apparently like um, the 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 problems were going on and Lamps was like pretty much like he's thinking they they said if it wasn't Chelsea, Lamps would have walked away from the club, right? 
Um, and uh, because like things were not working out, and I guess like there's all that pressure. That's also like when 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 you're pretty much in like your in your first early stages of managing, that kind of pressure is it could be do or die, right? And to have that pressure when it wasn't uh, your idea to bring in all these players also could influence that as well, right? Um, you know, like like you said, uh, well, what, did, what did you say last time? He's like, be careful what you ask for, but did he ask for it, right? <laughs> um, there's all those factors that come into play um, as well as like um, uh, Kepa was another reason too, apparently, because Kepa was frozen out. Um, a few players actually got frozen out. Alonso got flo- frozen out too. But Kepa was just, has just been abysmal and bad. So I think he, he probably proved that to the, to the board with, with let him, letting him play and, let, and letting them see his mistakes. But then they still blame Kepa's dip in form on Lampard, right? Um, so just, just so much stuff. So much stuff came out, and I was just, I was, I've just been reading all day, like, and I'm, just, I'm actually quite shocked. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, if the if you guys look, man, um, success breeds a happiness, right? If you guys are winning, everything is all rosy, everything is all peaches and cream, and you yeah. guys are are smiling your way to wins. When you're mm-hmm. not winning, when you're not winning, there's a lot of questioning, you know. Yeah. So questioning of the individual, the players, mm-hmm. are they good enough? Questioning of the manager, is he good enough? Question of the coaching staff, are they good enough? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, all these things start coming up in front of everybody. They will, they will not, they will not question these things when you're winning. They'll say, "Oh, in fact, the reason why you're winning is because of all those things you're doing." But if you're not winning, those same things you were doing, they will say, "Well, the reason why he's losing is because of all those things." So, yep. um, I heard something about Antonio Rudiger being. A very influential. Oh yeah, uh, he, he was one of he was one of the guys too. Apparently, like there was issues where uh, Rudiger would. Um, I don't I I don't know exactly the context of it, but like apparently Rudiger and Aspie got into fights, but Aspie was trying to kind of like put, uh, be a fire extinguisher. Yeah. But he didn't know that he was um, like he didn't want to cause conflict. I don't know if it was Antonio Rudiger just being. Uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, like I know he he was frustrated that he wasn't getting into the team, but rightfully yeah. so. You suck, bro. <laughs> like I can't. I don't know how else to fucking put it. Like you want to get back into the team, work your socks off, and find your way in. And mm-hmm. he did that. He did that later. But apparently, like um, Ru- Rudiger was causing unrest in the dressing room as well. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Continue, continue. But yeah, so. Um, you know, you you have all these things that are happening, right? Like Antonio Rudiger apparently falling out with the um, coaching staff. Like remember the coaching staff, and all these things. Players fall out with coaching staff all the time. You know, mm-hmm. um, I remember when Mourinho got sacked with United and the whole big beef between him and uh, Pogba. And <laughs> yeah, you know, most most professional athletes don't fall out with their managers, but. It does happen. Um, we've seen this happen with, uh, you know, Roy Keane, say, for example, right? We united. 
we've yeah. seen we've seen it happen with multitude of players where they fall out with their with their management. Um, they don't see eye to eye with their manager, and um, things get things get really messy um, to the point that the manager ends up getting let go, and all this stuff coming to come into place. Right at the end of the day, is how the manager deals with all these things, right? Because in the revolving door of football, this is what happens, right? Um, if I, the, the example that I that I like to tug in with is, you know, uh, Lampard says, these were not my players, but yet he keeps playing them. Yeah. Um, or, or he plays them in the wrong position or things like that. You oh, have he never, like, like he never, he never came out to say like, these are not my players. I know, but... I, I know, but that's what they're saying, right? And usually yeah. these guys are saying that through an intermediary. There's somebody saying it on their behalf. So yeah. you have that. And then the other, on the other side, you have, I'll give an example. I'll tie this to Manchester United. Donny van der Beek, Alex Telles, you know, uh, Facundo Pelestri, Amadio, yeah. all these kids, all these guys. You don't see them playing on the Manchester United starting roster like week yeah. in, week out. You know, they're slowly they're they're slowly being brought into the point that it frustrates the hell out of the fans. I brought this up last episode and I'm bringing it up again because I think as a manager, you need to understand like these are the things that the that the that the hierarchy are gonna ask of you. But you yeah. need to understand that this is your team and you need to act like a manager that's taking care of your team. Um yeah. You see Maria do it. You know, new signing comes in, Maria won't play them. You know, yeah. he just doesn't trust them. You've seen, uh, you've seen Ancelotti do things like this. You've seen, um, uh, even Klopp has sort of done it. So, I think like we are all forgetting that when it comes to management, as a manager, you need to be able to stick, like put your balls on the line, man. Like say, this is this is where this stops. And this yeah. is what I'm going to do. If not, fire me. And if you get the results, if you win the games, they will not fire you. But yeah. if you, uh, you know, if you start, if you don't, if you don't get the results, then that's when you say, okay, I need to bring in these players to supplement for the errors that, you know, my current team is doing. But what yeah. he ended up doing was, and this is my biggest criticism of Lampard was, he had that team that took him to fourth last season. He uh-huh. basically just dumped them, like a yeah. good chunk of them, put them aside, and came in with these new players. And then these new players started off okay, then their form severely dipped. Then when yeah. he now had to go back to the pool of those guys who he had left behind, uh-huh. they, mentally, they're kind of checked out. As an athlete, you're kind of like, oh, now you need me. When it was yeah. when, when things were going okay, you didn't call on me. Now you need me, right? And I'm not, I don't yeah. think these players. I don't think these players ever down tools for him. I don't think that was the case. I just think no, that no, no, there was there was there was, oh, there was like uh, what do you call it? There was um, complaints about like not tactical information. A um, uh, few yeah. guys were like, "We're not getting into the team," and he has, and some people he hadn't talked to in months. And like pretty much like if you weren't part of that like the the the, the squad that was like pretty much in and out, he yeah. wouldn't he wouldn't he wouldn't talk to you. So he was yeah. kind of lacking in that in that aspect as well. Yeah, there you go. So, so that's so that's the problem you have with a big squad, right? You need to keep all of them happy because there's gonna be moments when you need them, and in those yeah. moments when you need them, those guys will go run 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 
through a brick wall for you. Yeah, but the yeah. way you, you the way you manage that is you set up a plan with them, you set up a strategy and you let them know, hey, you're part of my plans. I just need to try a couple of things here and there. But my yeah. thing is he should not have tried to f- shoehorn and force in Kai somehow into the team. Um uh, what they call it, Warner somehow into the team. The only person maybe who really deserved any of those opportunities, and, and if you look at maybe their signings may not be the 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 biggest of them all, was maybe Ziak. You know what I mean? I think Hakim yeah. was kind of the only player that kind of, you would say, okay, he deserved what he, uh, yeah. his chances, right? But the rest yeah, of them... Hakim, Hakim was the guy brought in to unlock the low block, right? Yeah, but but then the the, the rest of them never really you know, showed up like the way you would think they showed up and he should have now said, okay, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be smarter about the way we utilize these players um, and we'll slowly get them up and running. And then if they, if they finally, um, and then finally when the team is in stride, do we hit form? Everybody's in form. We can go on and push, uh, push on to the next, uh, uh, to the next level. Um, And that's my, that's my biggest criticism of Lampard was, you had something last season that took you all the way there and you basically shoved it aside for whatever. Like Kepa, sure, whatever. You need to get rid of Kepa because Kepa just kept effing up. Nobody's going to complain there. But apart yeah. from that, you know, guys like even even Rudiger, I was going to say, even Rudiger, I'm looking at Thiago coming in and I'm like, what has he really improved? Like, yeah, sure, for, for a good chunk of games, he looked like the real deal. But has he really even improved you guys? Then... You know, you take him out, you take Rudiger out, and maybe now we're hearing that Rudiger was so influential. It's like, okay, why would you do that? It's like, remember when Mourinho came in and he found out that Sissoko was very influential in the yeah. dressing room at Tottenham? Mourinho didn't, didn't say, like, Mourinho was like, fuck, I got to find a way to get this guy on my side. That's yeah, what yeah, Lampard yeah. should have done. I got to find a way to get this guy on my side or get rid of him. Those are the two things yeah. you need to do. Either get him on your side or you get rid of him. You can't, you cannot... Um, uh, play half seas. You cannot say, "Oh, you're gonna be here." Yeah, we want to get rid of you. If you don't want to go on loan, that's okay. But you're only yeah. gonna play maybe a couple of games, right? He didn't do. He should have. He should have said, "Look, Rudiger, you're not part of my plans. Cut him off your team straight off. Don't even because because those guys are so influential will impact the other players, and you have to find a way either to get fully rid of them or mm-hmm. keep him in. And last season. Who did he have in the back line? He had Zuma, Christensen, and Rudiger, right? So these were the three guys he had. Then we, when we now start talking about youth, this is another key one that really, I think, hurt him. You know, we talk about youth. The only youth he wants to play is freaking Mason Mount. That's the yeah. only guy he wants to play. Like, it's like, I swear to God, man. Like, it's like he's the, he's the father to Mason Mount. It's like, bro, if you have youth, you need to start playing guys like Tammy every single day and say, you're my striker. You know, yes, I have Werner coming in, but you are my guy, right? And then he used yeah. to go to Hudson Adoy. You are also my guy because you guys have earned it. You worked so hard last season, but the only but you have to maintain that 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 um intensity because if you don't, guess what's gonna happen? These are the new guys coming in. I have no choice but to play them. I can guarantee yeah. you if he had that conversation with them and and kept his promise, they would have ran through a brick wall for him. But he just you know, um, did his thing and benched him a couple of times. Then they come looking at the hey, manager like, when am I going to get my shot, right? So, 
I don't know, man. That from the outside in, that's what it looks like to me, man. Like Lampard made so many mistakes there, and then obviously the obvious one is tactics, and we don't get me started on that. Like, you know, there's moments. I, I say this: there's moments when there's levels in the game, and you yeah. just look at the, and you look at the manager, and you're like, man, you don't know what's happening to you. These guys mm-hmm. are the other manager is bossing you on the pitch, and you have no clue what is happening. You know, or maybe you see it and you just don't have an answer to to resolve it. And it happened to him so many times. You know what I mean? There's moments where you're like looking at Lampard, you're like, oh God, he's he's in he's in cloud nine, isn't he? He doesn't know what's going on. And mm-hmm. and you just see this, right, man. Like you like, look, bro, like I get I get all the stuff where you talk about the you know, they got a new manager, blah, 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 and you know, they talk about a long-term project. Bro, this is Chelsea, man. You know, I say this if you're a top six club. Forget all this bullshit about managers coming in to learn on the job. That's this is not what it's about. I'm sorry. Like maybe people people will say, oh, this is contradictory with Ole, but yes, yes, it's maybe it is. But I was on here saying the same thing about Ole, and I'll say it about any manager. If you're coming into a top six team, top four team, you need to know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, get out. Mm-hmm. Get out. Because the job is not for inexperienced people. It is for people who know their stuff. And and if you want to learn on this job, learn quick. Yeah. Like, don't. it's not about, like, what was a three-year plan? Look, man, the only reason why United is doing this, because United managers, I mean, not managers, United ownership is cl- uh, clueless. They don't, they have no clue. They don't mm. know. So every person is trying to copy this. Well, I got to get this new, got to get this new, um, uh, this, uh, uh, kid that used to play on my uh on our team club legend bruh people need to stop this shit you know chelsea have figured their shit out you know juventus and if if Perlo doesn't get his shit in order he's gonna they're gonna have to like figure that shit out and we united you know with ours the, at least the one thing we can say is at least Oli has got some experience at least he got some experience with cardiff you know, that's yeah. the least we can say, you know, and that, that, that's why he was able to survive because every single time it looked like he was going to like get killed, he survived. He had some mad ass juju. Like he was, he survived, <laughs> you know? So yeah, if you're a young manager and you're new to this game, if you're a club legend, you need to learn quick. If not get out, that's the way I look at it. I'm sorry, man. Like professional football costs so much money. There's so mm-hmm. many fans who buy your merch buy your stuff you can't be caught languishing behind if you're if you're caught languishing behind everybody comes out of comes out for you in droves and for me i like the way lampard plays i like like honestly when i watch the way he plays man i love the way you guys play man like 433 expansive attacking the philosophy is there but yeah. the the method of applying the philosophy to work to a t is not there and he's screwing up on the other things his man management isn't there now his tactics isn't there um you know the the personnel selecting things like that like little things bro i'm telling you right now if you're not good enough for the job get out that's the way i've always looked at it and i think chelsea has made the right decision yeah anywho thomas tuko man what do you think yeah, I like I like Toko, but uh, the thing was like they were. So here's another thing: they were gonna bring in Ralph Ragnick. I don't know who the hell that is, but some dude named Ralph Ragnick. I think he, he, I think he was with Leipzig at some point. I cannot remember. Ralph Ragnick, Ragnick, I think was with Leipzig. He was the original one who started the 
change into like vertical high press for Leipzig. And I think he, um, I, I can't remember when he was, which side, which side of Raf Hasselhutu he was, whether it was before or after. I think it might have been after. And then mm-hmm. slowly, then we now have um, Yulin who now took over. But I can't, I can't remember the whole thing. I'm, it's still blurry to me, like how Raf Ragnik was from, or either he was with them or he's with Monaco. I can't remember now. My brain yeah. is, yeah, yeah. So um, pretty much, uh, they 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 asked Ralph Nagnik to to come in and uh, and take over for the interim spot for like six months until the season is done, so then they could pursue Nagelsmann, right? Um, yeah. They also asked Tucker if he was interested in the job. Tucker said, "Yeah, I'm interested, but not right now. I'd like to wait till the summer." Um, mm. Then uh, pretty much. Uh, Nagusman's not gonna Nagusman's gonna wait till the summer. He's not gonna come right now. That's their main target. So so that pretty much leaves Nagusman out because Ragnik doesn't want to take the job for the six month period. And so then Chelsea's now pressed for time. And then they asked uh they they they, they kept talking to Tuckle and then they pretty much persuaded him. And I guess Tuckle now said, Okay, yeah, I'll come in now because I guess like his uh his agent is uh Pini Zahavi. Right, mm-hmm. he has like huge ties into into Chelsea, and um, I think Zahavi might have told him like, bro, look, if you wait till the summer for this job, <laughs> Yulin will take it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So um, it's either now or you just wait and for something else, but it might not be Chelsea, right? So yeah. he was like, okay, you know what, I'll come. And yeah, yeah, it is in London right now, and and we're expecting like an announcement probably by the morning, um, in London, and pretty much like he's going to be in the dugout for the for the game against Wolves. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I like I like Toko. I think I think Pulisic would benefit a lot from Toko being in there, um, as well as Thiago Silva because that was his captain when he was in PSG, right? Yeah. So. Um, those two, and then you might bring Timo and Havertz back into form. We'll see. Um, but I thought like Timo was on his way pretty much back into form. I in the Luton game, right? I saw him dribbling. I saw him dribbling. I saw him tra- trapping a ball. I saw him doing the basic things correct, but missing yeah. the penalty. Right? Yeah. He missed the penalty. And I've always said this before. I was like, Timo should not be... T- Even when he was scoring the penalties, I still said, Timo should not be taking penalties, man. Bro, like, it's Luton, though. Come on, man. He's yeah. dribbling against Luton players. Who the, who the hell is in Luton? Do we know any person from Luton? But here's the thing. Here's the thing, okay? He was able to dribble against Luton. Luton is like in, in a championship, right? Um, but when they played against Morecambi, who was like three three levels below, he couldn't dribble or trap a ball, right? He scored a goal. Yes, he scored a goal, but that was also like him like flying to the net, but he could not dribble or move the ball or like run with the ball. Like that's how bad his confidence was. But then in the Luton game, you could see like it got better. Even in the, even in the Leicester game too, I saw him take one player on. I was actually quite impressed with that. Because I was like, man, his confidence has been so bad to the point where he just sees a ball and doesn't know what the fuck to do with it, right? Well, if mm. he tries to do with it, he makes a mistake. But no, not this time. He actually got it right. So he had he worked so hard in the Luton game. He should have gotten a goal, but the the penalty, right? Um, 
but as besides it, like that was an upturn in form. I saw Chelsea actually play so much better in the Luton game. Like I saw confidence coming back to these players. So I was just like, maybe it might work in the Wolves game. Let's see. Because like that that third goal that Chelsea scored against Luton was unbelievable. Like it was like 16 passes to the fucking to the to the Luton's goal and, and score. You know, with these with these games, you obviously know we're going to win, right? But you yeah. look for there's there's Chelsea fans look for something different in these in these FA Cup games. If it's not against like the big boys and shit, we look for something different, like player performances, how they're moving the ball, like what's going on, how's their shape, all of that stuff, right? And what's what sucks right now is because I think Emerson was back was was on his way back into this into this fucking team. So I don't know, man. Now Tuckle is coming in. Is he gonna be forced to play Chiwa because of a price tag or is he gonna see the quality of Emerson and have him rival fucking Chiwa? Because I think that needs to happen. Um those those things, those are key things and then sort the mid out. I think so a lot of people keep saying like uh Mount Mount will eat the bench against when uh when Tuku comes in but we all know Mount's a guy who plays into managers fucking um um systems right so he might do the same thing against Tuku yeah, um uh, for Tuku I mean not against he might do the same thing for Tuku so we don't know it might happen right and all these people are going to be left eating their words yet again Mount is just that guy right and um yeah, a lot of I just been a lot of people with their farewells and even Lampard's farewell to the club like that was actually pretty class. I actually like that. Um, he's a man. He's a man of class, regardless, right? You know what I mean? Like, what, what, what did you guys expect him to say? Like, fuck you, Chelsea. He's not gonna say that. No, he's not. He's not gonna say. It, but he said he he the way he put it, like he was just like um thank you for everything abra thank you for everything marina and all of that the head the heads and all that and then he was also like um he's like i'm disappointed that that i i'm not here to to lead the club into taking us into that next level that i wanted but you know it's it is with time i wish chelsea and every everyone there a huge success but people don't say that shit usually bro <laughs> It'd be like they they won't even they won't even speak, you know what I mean? They won't even write no farewell or nothing like that. But he did that, you know what I mean? Like I know, like yeah, he may he, he's hurting and all, but like to even come out and do something like that, that shows how much class he has and how much he wants Chelsea to be successful, even if it's not with him, right? He always used to say he always used to say um, it doesn't matter if I'm here or not. These players are gonna be very huge for the club. He used to say that about Kai Havertz. He used to say that about Werner. Used to say Mount is the future. He even said on on his letter, he's like he's like the youth is the future, right? And this man gave like twelve, um, twelve debuts to like to to the academy boys, right? So I wonder which other manager is gonna come in and do something like that. I guess Toko has has a way with uh with the academy as well. So we'll see if he does kind of the, uh, somewhat similar to what Lampard did, but it's all to be seen, right? I don't know how the game in Wolves is gonna play out <laughs> on Wednesday. That's all. That's such a heavy game, man. To have mm-hmm. to have to have a, a new managerial appointment right before it. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see how things go. But um, you know, the Tuchel um, uh, rec- recruitment is quite good. Um, 
I would have, I, I, I made this comment on one of our chats and I said that um, I would have thought that Tuchel would take a break because for me, managers, anytime you get fired, like it's a pretty big, um, it's a, it's a heavy pill to swallow. And, um, yeah. you know, usually you don't see managers hang around clubs right away. They don't come back in right away. You would have thought that he would have kind of said, look, just give me a break six months. Let me review your club, see what you guys are doing. Yeah. Um, before I know, before I jump into that pit of hell, you know, mm-hmm. um, but he, he took the opportunity to come back right away. Um, and, and it looks like from what I'm hearing, it's going to be a four-year contract. So it's going to be a long, long-term yeah. contract, even for Chelsea. So we'll see how it goes. Tuchel falls out with, Tuchel falls out with the hierarchy. And when you talk about politics, Tuchel doesn't do politics. Maybe mm-hmm. he might learn. Yeah, maybe, maybe he might learn because he used to be quite a heavy system manager. Like he used to play very intense, heavy systems. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he moved to... Um, uh, Paris Saint-Germain, he mm-hmm. realized that he needed to be a better man manager. Um, yeah, than Nick Moore and Mbappe. Exactly. So um, a lot has been set up in that in that front for him there. And I think that um, maybe he may learn how to like play the game of managing his players, managing uh, his team and also managing the hierarchy. And I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing for him is how do I know how to play everybody in this system, in this thing, you know, how do mm-hmm. I answer to Mar- Marina and catch and also make sure that my players don't hate me uh, when I am not playing them, things like that. Right. So yeah. I think that, um, it will be interesting to see. Wolves game is going to be kind of a free hit because it's kind of like, okay. Um, and then slowly we'll start to see what he brings to the table. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll go from there. But congrats to him. I think uh, Yulin, I think we, you guys should have waited for Yulin, man. Yulin is, you know how you have like generational players. He's a generational coach. Um, you know, the things he's doing with Leipzig, I know Leipzig lost this weekend, but the things he's doing with Leipzig, um, or drop points this weekend. The things he's doing in Leipzig um, are very. It's it's not. I wouldn't say revolutionary, but it's very. It's it's so much of a visionary, and he's found a way to apply it without with blunt tools. You know, yeah. he doesn't have Warren on his team. The guys that he has on his team are not like flashy or anything. Maybe mm-hmm. the only player that you can say is kind of like flashy in a sense is Upa Meccano and Upa Meccano is a defender and if you have a defender as your as your flashy uh, um, trinket or, or diamond uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it tells you that you know some, something some, I think it's something that he's doing right so yeah. um, <clears throat> you guys I, I felt like maybe you guys should have waited for him um, I, I think yeah, if he, if he had come into the league, I'd have been really worried about Chelsea. I would have been really worried. I'm not saying that Tuchel is not somebody I, I wouldn't be worried about because I like Tuchel. I think Tuchel is a very great coach. I think he's actually – his experience now is good for him. But Julian yeah. is just on something else, man. I, you know, maybe – Julian uh, is like the, the, the youngest manager in, in Europe right now. The among the, the Yeah. He's phenomenal. He's 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 such a such a visionary, and the way he inspires people. Like when you hear him talk, when you see what he does, and mm-hmm. I love his style too. I love when he wears his nice suits, even though he got destroyed by by us when he came out yeah. to Old Trafford. 
but I just it's just something about him. He just seems like a guy that you would like to work with. And when you yeah. hear when you hear what players and coaches say about him, he is just somebody that you just want. He would do he would do whatever his uh, hierarchy asks him to do, but he would yeah. not, he would not just do it. He would do it very well. So um, um, I'm surprised you guys never really went after him. But I mean, you know, he, he, was, out- he, was, he was the number one guy. But the thing is, like, those talks broke down real fast. I know, like, like I got, I'm gonna wait till the summertime. No. I know, but but that's that's what they should have done. They should have gotten an interim or maybe an assistant to carry the reins. Yeah. Um, this this season maybe salvageable. It's only, I mean, it's only still two games. Another thing too is firing Lampard. As much as I say, like, look, is the right decision from the club and the team, but still, you guys are two wins away from getting back into top four. So I in know. a way, it was kind of even though as much as is. Is the right thing. It's a little bit premature because imagine if he still stayed, turned things around, got yeah. top four, and then you fire him because you're Chelsea. You fire managers if they get if they win Champions League or not, right? Like yeah. get get the team to top four and then assess your options because by that time, a lot more managers will be more willing to look at your project. Yeah. Um, but uh, in a way, maybe they should have waited. So we'll see. Tuku may not pan out, and then do, and then Abramovich would look like an idiot. Um, and us who said Lampard had to go, maybe I don't think we would look like an idiot because I think it's the right thing we had to do. I think I agree, still is the right thing that needed to be done. But yeah. um, maybe it might have been better to keep Lampard for a little longer and then look at your options. But it's Chelsea; you guys do what you guys do, right? So, I've, I've, um. Apparently, Lamps also, he already knew too about the whole thing. That's why he gave uh, Mason Mount the captain of the Luton yeah. game. Pretty much yeah. kind of like to say farewell and thank you for everything, you know? Yeah. And then um, Kova was also, also captain after that game, after Mount came off, yeah? Yeah. So, well, those two. Yeah, all those, all those sentimental things. The players will remember it, they'll love him for it. And maybe. I wish all the best of Lampard. I hope he goes out and gets the experience he needs. I think a club like Crystal Palace would be down his alley. Brighton, um, those clubs. Yeah. Are not- Roy, Roy Hodgson, what's, what's going on with him? I, I don't know, but maybe those clubs that are not really performing at a at a level that that they can aspire to, maybe that might be a club that he will be fit. Um, he would be a better fit for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he there he may have a little bit more time uh compared to uh Chelsea, right? So uh, usually usually when a manager gets fired, his assistant gets left behind just so he can kind of like um steady things before like the next manager comes in. But they pretty yeah. much like they pretty much fired uh w- or whatever, like when the agreement happened. I don't know if he actually got fired or if he resigned. But yeah. when it happened, it was pretty much like uh he um, he he was parted ways with, and as well, Jody Morris was also parted ways with. So his assistant was gone too. Yeah. So it was kind of it was kind of weird. So I, I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, the mo- then Tucker must definitely be coming in if if Jody Morris is no longer um, the, yes. the assistant. Even, T- right? T- is coming. There's, I mean, I think it's quite obvious, right? He is coming. So, um. Anyway, we'll, we'll see how things look. Uh, wish Lampard all the best. And uh, as for Tuchel, welcome to the ring house, bro. Like, you know, you're you're an enemy now. So 
<laughs> F you too, cool. And, uh, you know, I hope we crush you guys, like, with force and anger and hate. <laughs> and <like you. laughs> Anyway, okay, man. We'll jump away from Chelsea. Enough of Chelsea uh, and Lampard. It seems it seems lately we've been doing a lot of, like, uh, long-ass Chelsea segments, eh? There's so well, much stuff. So much stuff's been happening. Yeah, Chelsea's been Chelsea's been the the in in talk team, right? So, yeah. um, the winning the winning the transfer transfer window and just not doing anything in the in the league. So it's uh, you know, you guys are definitely um the hot team in, in the bed right now. So everybody's always covering you guys that much. But mm-hmm. anyway, we'll jump over to United. United against Liverpool. Um, did you watch this game at all? I did. I didn't watch this game. Like I was sleeping. <laughs> oh man! And then, I woke, and then I woke up, and it was like actually, I was up for a little bit. And I put the game on, and then if somebody was saying, I think uh, uh, I don't know if it's Rashford or Bruno scored, and uh, they pretty much it was like it was two two, and then I was like, uh, so then I passed out again. Man. I was so tired. <laughs> Also, because I had to wake up at five to watch the Chelsea against Luton game, and I didn't even stay up for like the the second half. I had to rewatch that like later on, wow. later when I woke up. So yeah. um, then, then pretty much having to stay up and watch the the Man U and Liverpool, I was just like, no man, I just yeah. I passed out. You know, I knew Liverpool was going to lose because they don't want to take that fucking cup seriously. So nah, man, club wanted to take that thing seriously, bro. Like the. This uh, this game, I mean, I, we've learned not to cover these guys in in extensive detail because we know what happens. They always they always fly to deceive. They look like a team. They look like he's gonna be punch for punch, and then next minute it's like a dull zero zero game. But yeah. honestly, this game was nothing like that from the start. Um, Liverpool doing exactly what they do: wave and wave and wave of attack. An attack, an attack, and yeah. United us doing what we do against teams like Liverpool: soak up pressure, soak up pressure, soak up pressure, and counterattack. But the difference is in this game was there was a tug of war, right? So it was the and the score and the scoreline reflected that, which which made it even better. So there was a tug of war as Liverpool pounded on with wave after wave. United also had their opportunities. There were some moments when I was like, wow, we're actually controlling the ball quite well. We're moving it very well. Yeah, albeit we weren't as penetrating as, say, Liverpool. Um, But just the control, um, even if it was side to side, we knew how to just deal with with their pressure. So... Look, man, like there's a lot I'm seeing with this team, man. There's a lot that, I, that I've seen in terms of improvement from uh, Ole's side. And right now, Ole's teams are starting to look like an actual decent team. Like a, like we're doing the bare minimum right now. You know what I mean? So Liverpool played their own game. We were able to play our own game. I haven't seen that in a while when we're playing against teams that we're trying to counter. Um, usually it's all like, hey, let them have the ball. We'll counter them every every opportunity we get. But there were moments where we actually kept control of the ball, moving it moving it around. So I, I'm seeing a lot of good things from this team that is showing me um, that we're an improved side. Um, but on the other hand, too, as well, you got to also look at, like, uh, Klopp had a kid playing 
in defense this weekend, right? He had the kid Reese Williams or whatever his name is playing at center back. And against against guys like, you know, Rashford, Cavani, um, even Greenwood, uh, you know, you're going to get done if you're a young, if you're a young center back, right? Like you need experience to be playing against a trio like that. Right. So, um, it's, it's, uh, it, it was a very, very good tug of war, very good tug of war game, lots of improvement from the United side. Um, and, uh, uh, we just did what we did. The goals were well taken. Even even Liverpool's goals were well taken. I think the first goal, Liverpool scored very good decision pass. Uh, Pogba kind of slept a little bit. Didn't cover the guy. Didn't I can't remember who assisted anymore. Who he didn't cover the guy for the assist. Um, and then and then mm-hmm. um, Shaw uh, looked a little bit slow to understand what was really going on. And Lindelof and Maguire were on the wrong side of each other. So Lindelof was on the left, Maguire was on the right. So I think that played into their first goal. Liverpool recognized that opportunity and took it well. Um, but then right away in about, I think, five five minutes, United equalized. And obviously, what how did we equalize? Through a counterattack. Beautiful, beautiful pass from Rashford uh, through the Greenwood. Um, and before you knew it, boom, one, one. And then the, the second half mm-hmm. kicked on. And before you knew it, uh, we were up two one and it looked like we were kind of like riding the wave. We're feeling good about ourselves. Then Liverpool came back again, you know, Cavani making a slip. Um, and next minute before we knew it, boom, Salah, a second goal. So, um, it, it was like, oh man. Uh, and once it became two, two, then it started to get nervous. At first when I was watching the game, I don't really think much of the FA Cup games because or, or cup games because I'm like focus on the league, don't kill yourself, don't tire out your players. Um, you know, you don't need these injuries because we want to win the league, right? So but I started to get nervous when it got two two. When it was like them one nothing, I was like, ah, here we go again, right? You know, Liverpool scored early, they're gonna win this game now. We were playing quite well. All of a sudden they're gonna, you know. Uh, take take the win. But wait a minute. You know, we actually looked like we were going to win. And then at 2-2, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm actually nervous, you know? And I should be nervous when we're playing Liverpool because I don't – I do not like Liverpool. I don't, I don't like – I mean, I like their players, but I just don't like them. Their fan base irritates me, um, you know, they, and they're our biggest rivals. So it's just – it's frustrating sometimes, like, going into these games. I want us to, like, go toe-to-toe with them. But – I also recognize that sometimes you need to know when to, you know, uh, um, you take what you get. You need to know when to take what you get, you know, especially with such a good Liverpool side. But I knew too, I was like, mm-hmm. fuck these guys, man. Like, you know, we've actually created so many chances. In my eyes, we've been sort of the better team. You know, we need to win this freaking game. And guess who comes on? Bruno Fernandes. Free kick. Mm-hmm. Boom. Goal. So... It was, I was ecstatic. I was watching, I think I was watching it uh, with Gabby. And um, uh, when we were watching it, she was, she was doing her thing. And I was watching on my phone. And as soon as I was like, oh my God, Bruno, like, you know, just screaming, right? <laughs> uh, screaming in the house. And um, just, I was so, I, I was so buzzed, man. Like, this team, this team is, this team is exceeding my expectations, man. Earlier this season, I predicted they're going to be fifth. Earlier this season, I predicted that yeah. we, we are not going to win anything. And earlier on, it looked like things were going according to my prediction. You had 
Uli and the team just bottling it against uh, Leipzig and PSG. Um, you know, you had like some of the weirder results where we're losing against like, you know, Tottenham 6-1, Crystal Palace, and Arsenal won nothing. Like those results were just depressing, right? And um, But then somehow he has found a way to get this team believing again, not really playing exquisite football, but at least playing decent enough football um that you can you can get behind like you know the the counterattack system he's finally found a way to like really make it very potent and make it work um and then when you're playing against teams who are on the low block your burnley's your sheffield we we actually feel like we know how to you know play against those low blocks and stop those teams from uh, um, or or punish those teams for sitting back against our team, right? So United is just like we're we're a little bit more exciting, man. Like I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the moments. Um, I I wish we could be a lot better. I think that we could still be a lot better, but this is good for now. This is good for now, and this just keeps us moving on to the next game. Remember what I said: success. Um you know, uh, um, answers questions, you know what I mean? It makes people, as much as uh, if, if you're struggling, if you're losing, more questions will be asked. If you're winning, people are like, oh, everything is fine. So with what Oli is doing right now, with the way we're winning games, I'm starting to get more confident with the team. And I think he's answering a lot of questions that have been asked of him. It's just now a matter of, can we be consistent? We've been We've been winning games, we've been on the high and I'm just kind of like, okay, when is it going to happen? When are we going to get that bubble? Uh, when is the bubble going to burst? Right. So um, yeah, man, well, our team and our team, it's just, it's such an exciting team. Like, and the depth on the team, look, man, Van der Beek played and Van der Beek looked amazing. Like you were just like, bro, why isn't this guy playing more games? But still you're, you're okay with that because there's depth. Like he's, he's cover. You know what I mean? If anything happens to Bruno, if anything happens to Pogba, He's a cover for them. And we actually look like we have a decent freaking team. Like we're not, we're not the, I don't think we're the best team in the league, but our players play like an actual solid unit from start to front, from bench to starting. Right. So mm-hmm. it's crazy, man. This United team is just, it baffles me. Like, and even, even I, I, I even called the last game. I'm like, Ole, please don't play a lot of your players like sub, uh, get some guys on the bench. I mean, this is a rivalry, right? So he's not going to bench everybody, but at least Bruno got the rest. I'm hearing that Rashford may be injured, which would be very upsetting if he actually is. Um, and Greenwood or Greenwood may be injured or something like that, which would also be upsetting. But at least I can, I can feel a little bit confident knowing that these guys are injured, right? And we have backup. And we have legit good backup. We may not have the wingers right now, but at least we have some legit mm-hmm. good backup. So on to the next one, man. Like I'm just enjoying the ride now. Um, you know, I, I still would not uh I don't wanna get out of my I don't wanna get out of my um go too far into anything right now. I don't wanna think too much about uh what the future is gonna look like. I'm just enjoying the moment now. The next game is gonna be Sheffield. Want us to take care of the business and go from there. Yeah, bro. Yeah. But another thing too, I wanted to kind of throw at you. What do you think about Liverpool? What do you why do you think Liverpool is struggling? 
Um, Ahmad Ahmad was saying is because he's not get um the club's not getting any money to spend, yeah. and uh, they're not spending money in the in the right places. So, like they need a center back instead. They went to go buy a midfielder, yeah. or did they need a did they need a mid, right? Um, just little things like that where it was pretty much like I would have rather had a center back than a midfielder. You know what I mean? Because like then you protect the back, but right now you got Fabinho playing the back, and then your midfield is disrupted because now you don't have that that um, presence yeah. of Fabinho in the CDM, yeah. right? And uh, you're having to put other people in positions where they're not used to, and it's kind of causing an uproar with the with the fans. So, I think. Um, Liverpool needs to figure it out, or else somebody else probably going to get fired. I don't know. I don't know if Liverpool is that that's nah, dangerous like Chelsea. Nah. Or, like, I, don't, I honestly think Klopp can take this team to relegation and not gonna fire his ass. That's how. That's how <laughs> much. That is how much. He's become, he's become a club legend pretty much with the press. He's gonna, he, he's gonna look <laughs> if Klopp retires today from Liverpool and he says he resigns, that that dude's yeah. gonna get a freaking um statue somewhere about him. He will. Yeah. Or it's, I think yeah, because what he has done for Liverpool, bro, like it's it's unquestionable. Like, look, man, the problem is with you know, FSG. And I think Ahmad was onto something. I think it's just the way Ahmad says things that we probably don't listen to him. But, yeah, because he sounds like he's always crying. <laughs> yeah, he says, he says things, but he's right about some things. He's definitely right about, like, in terms of recruitment on the defensive side, I agree with him on that, you know? But yeah. the other thing I'll say is, would you have anticipated that you're going to lose three of your starting center backs in this, at the same time? For a long period of time, uh, for a long period of time, in the same season, would any person? That's unbelievable. Yes, yeah, unprecedented. Nobody could really predict that stuff. The only teams that that thing happens to is usually United and Arsenal that have like big mm-hmm. injury lists where their medical staff is. I don't. We don't know what the hell they're doing, but the players are always on the knife, always injured, always going on surgery or something crazy, right? So Liverpool. For the first time, I'm experiencing something like this, where they're losing three of their starting center backs at the same period of time. Mm-hmm. So, you yep. know the what when the shitty thing, and and I and I do this is where I will say I agree with Amadon is this winter transfer. I mean, winter transfer window is open, and there's not even a sign that. They're gonna even get any person. Like literally, all they need to do is go over the walls, pluck Connor, Connor Cody, William Bowley, mm-hmm. uh, uh, William Bowley, or maybe let's say uh, go to Burnley, pluck Ben Mee or Takowski. Right? They can they mm-hmm. can easily go to one of these smaller clubs and just get one center back from them that that is experienced. Yeah. And we give them a little bit more than what that kid Riz William is doing, but they're not doing it. So. He's onto something there. He's onto something that you know Liverpool are a very are trying to cheat their way into the system. They've locked out, or not locked out, through Moneyball system. They've gotten a good manager, um, yeah. and they only needed a couple of pieces to win the league. 
but those pieces mm -hmm. are falling now and you can see it's impacting their productivity as you said the midfielder you're having Fabinho and Henderson start all the way from center back instead of in center mid yeah that disrupts your whole pattern and your whole system right so um you know I've I mean and I've also I've, and the, the recruitment of Thiago I think Thiago will come good but it's so early. I've, I've heard some people make fun of Diago, like, oh, he's a fraud. He's tempoing his game through, like, uh, losses or tempoing Liverpool through losses. Like, people just being, you know, idiotic and they're just bantering uh, Liverpool. But I think he will come good and it's too early in the season. And to throw him so, so quickly into the deep end is without, like, the actual good players beside him. Uh, to help him, like playing with Shakiri, like come on, man, like and even while Nado, while Nado is good, but come on. So, um, I think that uh, Liverpool, like uh, uh, Thiago, needs time, but FSG need to invest in a center back, and if they're really serious with helping Klopp out, but if not, then you know they maybe maybe they're just bidding their time and saying, look, forget it, we'll go for Upper McCann in the summer, um, and then we'll we will go again next season. But this season, we're just mm -hmm. gonna tell the players, take it easy. We're not really aiming for the league this year. We just want to get top four. Take it easy. Don't burn out. And then next year, we'll we'll go again for the league. Yeah. 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 We'll see. We'll see what they do. But Ahmad is pretty much like club should leave. Wow. <laughs> he's like he's like he's like FSG is disrespecting club. You should leave. Man. What what would be what would be so much fun to than to watch Chelsea and Liverpool again once once Tuckle is in the dugout yeah. and it's like it's like master with apprentice <laughs> that's gonna be it's gonna be unbelievable. Well, I don't I don't think Tuchel was the apprentice. I think Tuchel was just the guy that was following up everywhere Klopp went. Mines, Borussia Dortmund, yeah. you know, um, and then he finally now went through his own path, but. Yeah, no, I see, I see what you mean. That would be an exciting exciting scene to see is Chelsea against Liverpool and seeing both managers in the touchline uh, go at it, right? So, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. But yeah, man. Well, that's that's it, man. Liverpool, we've covered some Liverpool. We've covered some United. We've covered Chelsea. Uh, we, we did not cover yeah. Conor McGregor and we did not cover Tom Brady, but... Uh, that's a different type of podcast. What? Yeah. That's the, the that was just <laughs> uh, how many times is Rogers gonna fold? Yeah. How many times? Man, A Rod, bro. Like I don't watch I didn't watch NFL this year, but uh yeah, I heard about the stat. It was like one win out of four NFC uh championship. So yeah, he's not he's not looking yeah. too hot. Packers is my team, bro. I always watch Packers in the yeah. playoffs. That's the come through. Yeah, man. Know? Those guys. But man, seeing A Rod fold again, like, geez. Hey, when you're so close too, it's like it's just ah it's well, sad. But whatever. Packers for for life, no matter what happens, win or lose. At least it, it didn't at least it didn't fold like Conor McGregor. <laughs> My God, man! Did the memes are just doing this guy? Nasty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> doing like he's nasty, like, he's like, like on one side, like passed out. Yeah, yeah. Harder mm. than Yo, that was 